Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 39. It's now been 12 weeks, one day since I began this experiment where I podcast my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today when we come back from listening to my inspiring snippet of I'm Letting Go, the beautiful song by Josh Woodward, we're gonna have a couple of shout outs. I'm gonna tell you a couple of new things that I'm doing with compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, tell you about my experience on Tumblr, and then I want to read a couple of really great comments one from Abby, a longtime Brave companion, and a little preview of longtime listener Michelle. And then on to our topic of today, inspired by Sandy and Cheryl's comments on day 37. What is chaos in our life? Do you experience chaos? What does it look like? But I'm letting go. I wish listening to Josh letting go would inspire me to let go of all the chaos in my life, <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. But I tell you, listening to Josh's songs do help me to calm down and think things through. So that's one reason why I like to have that snippet at the start of, epi- at the start of every episode. Now, last episode, day 38, we talked all about apologies, right? Why we're so apologetic. So like, Normally when I go home and want to edit this podcast, that little slip up I made speaking just now, it kills me not to go edit all of that right out. But I tell you for the most part, unless it's really heinous coughing or something like that, I just leave it in because it's all for me to realize I don't have to be perfect all of the time. Would I like to be perfect? Sure. And I think that wanting to be perfect is what leads to chaos. And speaking of perfect, right now I'm recording in the middle of winds at the second to top Zen place on my hiking trail. So you might hear a little bit of wind now and again, though I am going to turn off the recorder if it gets really bad and try to limit that. To start off today, I want to give a big shout out and welcome to my friend Alicia, who's Echo Muffin on Spark People. Alicia is a longtime friend of Cheryl's and mine from our old Calorie King days, and she came over to visit and she joined our Spark People team. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for stopping by. My next shout out is for Jenny. Last episode, I said, I don't care if you give me a long, heartfelt comment or you just stop by to say hello. And Jenny took the time to just post, Lori, this was a really great episode. You know, I love hearing from you, Jenny, and I want to tell all of you, brave companions, if you just want to stop by and say hello, that's fine. And speaking of hello, last episode I got this idea when Stephen told us about his My Fitness Pal ID and how he'd like you to friend him, that it would be cool for us brave companions to have a place where we could list any of our contact information like that or tell a little bit about our story or just say stuff that we like. So I put a brand new page up on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com called Who Are the Brave Companions? 
So you can come to that page by coming to any day of CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com and clicking in the menu where it says, Who are the Brave Companions? Or if you like to type there directly, CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com slash brave dash companions. So please do stop by, even if it's just to say, Hello, I'm listening with your name. But if you have any contact information, like I posted already my comment that I'm Tuna Cat on Spark People and Adventure Lori on Twitter. So anything like that that you feel comfortable sharing, go ahead and share. This page is kind of an introduction page so that as we go on with the podcast and we get more and more brave companions, we can go to this page and kind of keep track of who we are and just kind of maybe we can find people that have common interests too. That might be cool. Anyway, go check it out, leave a comment, and who knows, maybe we can spread our brave companionship across the social media and we can support each other in as many ways as possible. I think that would be super cool. I've enjoyed meeting as many brave companions online as I have, and I've super enjoyed meeting the ones that I have met in person. And I just think it's a great thing, as Stephen said last time, to have diet buddies or compulsive eating buddies or whoever it is to support us in our struggles, it always makes life a little bit easier. And speaking of Stephen and last episode, I wanted to read to you this wonderful comment from Abby. Now, Abby's been my buddy for quite a while. I think since near the beginning of when I started recording Compulsive Overeating Diary. She was one of the first people to reach out to me on Facebook. And then she came right along and joined the Spark People team. And then she started commenting on CompulsiveOvereatingDiary.com. And to tell you that Abby is somebody who is truly special is an understatement. Abby, I value you so much. And I really love this comment. It was so well thought out. And I think all of us brave companions will know after hearing this that you're not apologizing for anything anymore. Here's Abby. Well, this episode came right at the perfect time. Right before I played it, I was picking fights with the husband about the grocery list for this week for no reason until at the end. When he was leaving, I said, I feel like I'm failing at this and I'm scared, which is why I was picking fights. Then I went to cook a component of my lunches for the week when I really just wanted to curl up and cry because of my anxieties and fear. So I put on this episode and started to cook. The first thing that Lori talked about was how terrified she was in episode four. And I jotted down my first note about what to write, which is, as I just stated, how terrified I am of the daunting task of this whole journey. Then she talked about Stephen and Fitness Pal. Guess who uses Fitness Pal? Me. Guess who has stopped using it lately and has never allowed anyone to be my friend because God forbid they see my weight or what I'm eating or any other embarrassing detail about me. You guess right again. So my brave act this week will be to friend Stephen and try to use the app knowing that he will be able to tell if I'm not accountability. Then came Cheryl's post about control and autonomy. Well, I've been saying for a while now in my private messages with Lori and on the Spark People page that, as Lori stated, it's not really about the food and that if I'm going to change my life, I need to get into therapy and deal with my issues. I'm too scared to make the call because there's a lot of ugly to dig up, etc. This week, and here she talks about a family member, told me that I needed therapy. 
And my response, which reminded me of Cheryl, was, you don't get to tell me what to do. And now I almost don't want to make the call just to spite this person and because I don't want this person to be right about negative things about me. Then came the apology segment. And I realized that I've apologized in almost all of my Spark people and private messages to Lori. I don't usually write thought out posts like this one. And I usually post when I'm emotional and upset and when I feel like I'm burdening everyone with my crazy. So that struck a chord as well. Well, I've cooked my tuna patties, written this post, and now the dogs are crying because the hub just got back. Thanks for this episode being here just when I needed it. Wow. I don't think, Abby, that you need to apologize for that. Raise your hand. How many of you are terrified at the thought of dealing with the issues that are underneath those attacks by the robot aliens? How many of you think, oh, what a walk in the park? Or in my case, a walk in the mountain. No, I'm still terrified. I still think it sucks. I don't like looking at all the things in my closet, <laughs> whether it's my true personal closet or whether it's inside myself. What is all this dark cobwebby stuff that's inside that's causing me to do what I do? And I think anyone to even have the thought that it's time to go deal with a counselor or someone specialized in eating, or even to tell a friend the truth about your situation is scary. And it's brave to even consider it for yourself. And it's super brave to follow through and to go act on that thought. So I wanna read you just a little bit of a snippet of a comment that I got after Abby's from longtime companion Michelle. Now it's a little confusing because our newest Brave Companion is Michelle on day four, and I'd still appreciate it if you Brave Companions would go to day four and welcome new listener Michelle. But this Michelle has been around, like Abby, for quite a while, and she decided to leave a comment on day 38 as well. Hello, Lori. I just wanted to let you know that I am still listening and to let you know that I got brave and have gone to see a therapist who specializes in eating disorders. I have been to see her twice and now I'm already feeling better and eating much better. I also want to share what I have learned. I have not listened to your latest podcast yet, but I had read Abby's post. Abby, I can relate to your post and this is how I felt just before calling and making an appointment with a therapist. I was depressed and I decided that I had had enough. So I did it, and I know when you are ready, you will too. And then Michelle was kind enough to outline a great deal on this comment of what she had learned thus far in her therapy. And that gave me the idea, the next podcast on day 40, I want to talk about my experiences in therapy, read a little bit more of Michelle's post, and I would love it, Brave Companions, if you would either call the Bravery Hotline, leave me a speak pipe message, or email me, any stories, thoughts, tips, or feelings you have about therapy that I could use in the next podcast, day 40. So again, if you have any fears you're willing to share, success stories you're willing to share, ideas, any stories or thoughts about therapy and food issues, I'd love to hear it. And again, you can go to the audio page to find out all the ways to send me audio, call the Bravery Hotline, Use SpeakPipe any which way or email me at laurie at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com or use the contact form on the website.
whatever you'd be willing to share your story is fantastic way for me. And speaking of that, you probably don't know, or maybe you do know, but I see in my stats on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com what web page you've come to, like if there was a link from some other website that comes to Compulsive Overeating Diary. And the other week I got one that was from Tumblr. And I hadn't really ever dealt with Tumblr or known what Tumblr is. So I followed this link to see where this came from. And it was a nice comment from Kendra. Hi Kendra, I really appreciated your Tumblr comment. And evidently it worked because at least one person came from that to visit the website. So I decided, wow, I might as well go put Compulsive Overeating Diary on Tumblr just in case I could find some other brave companions over there. So if you're on Tumblr, you can find me by searching Compulsive Overeating Diary. I think that's my name (laughs) over there. But I put some things up, including a two-minute snippet, an introduction to the podcast. So if you have some Tumblr friends, go ahead and send them my way over there and, and maybe they would like to listen. And I got to tell you, I did a quick search on Tumblr for binge eating and for compulsive overeating, like I always do, looking to see what's out there. And on that particular venue, there is such a huge amount of pain and young people around this issue. Just so much pain and sadness. I really felt sad and wished that I could time travel or space travel or be myself over to each of these young people and give them a big hug and say, you are worth it. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You just don't know it yet. I know because I used to feel that way as a young person and a young adult. Look, what am I talking about? Sometimes I feel that way even now. So, I guess long story short is if any of you know anyone else ever that has an issue with this who you think would benefit from the positive thoughts and feelings that the Brave Companions share on Compulsive Overeating Diary, please feel free to do like Kendra did and leave a link or post a comment where it's appropriate and let people know about it because, wow, I just can't get over how much pain and loneliness and isolation there is around compulsive overeating. Well, I got a little bit off my topic of the day, but I want to go back in time, back, back a few days into day 37, where I was talking about cleaning and clutter and how that might relate to eating. And ever since then, I've been on a cleaning frenzy. I have been doing spring cleaning. That's right, brave companions. I didn't eat the chips. I didn't go play computer games. I didn't even watch reruns on the big whopping TV. I got off the couch. I cleaned out my bedroom. I scrubbed it. I vacuumed it. I washed the curtains. I, oh man, it was exhausting. And by far the worst part was trying to deal with some of the clutter inside the closet. And I know Sandy, she said she was going to look at her closet too. So that brought me to this idea all about chaos inspired by these comments by Sandy on day 37 and Cheryl. So let's listen to their comments and then we'll talk about chaos. On day 37, my friend Cheryl had made a really great post and Sandy saw that and responded. She says, What a great post, Cheryl. I really appreciate hearing about your insights. 
Both you and Lori have shared about this rebellious spirit that comes up when you feel you are forced or pressured into a choice. I have a different response and secretly wish I had more rebellion in me, though I do feel there is hope for me to grow. When I am faced with the have to and should do situations, my default mode is to plod forward with a sense of suffering and resentment. Now I ask you and all of our brave companions, how is that healthy? I may be efficient and get the job done, but at what cost? Thankfully, I do this less and less, but I still struggle with choice versus obligation. Lately, I'm empowering myself to make different kinds of choices, including shifting my attitudes and beliefs about what I should or should not be doing. But like you, just being aware is huge, and I hope to get a little more rebellious like you and step down off the cross. Regarding my insight to this episode on clutter, I had a huge realization as well. Though mine was about the chaotic and impossible situation going on in my closet. What a metaphor. I keep things very neat and tidy on the outside, and I am one of those annoying people that love to clean. Except my closet, which should be a red tagged as a hazardous zone. That is no surprise. To me, it represents the deep work I have before me to embrace the issues I don't want to look at. So thank you, Lori and Cheryl, for sharing, and today I may even open that closet door and not feel overwhelmed, but rather feel hopeful. Well, brave companions, I really like Sandy's comment, and that kind of inspired me to get going on cleaning out my bedroom. So thank you, Sandy. You really did inspire me, and I'm glad I got some of my bedroom closet cleaned out, as well as all the other stuff. Now, my last project is going to be tackling my guest bedroom, but I'm not ready for that just yet. But Cheryl was also triggered to some good comments by that post of yours. Cheryl says, OMW, Sandy, when I read the word chaotic in your reply, I felt like someone zapped me with a cattle prod. I would have never thought to use that word in relation to food. But when I read it, I knew that was exactly the way I feel about the food we have for shelter. I knew that was exactly the way I feel about the food we have for fellowship time at church. It's a real dilemma for me. I can self-talk myself to death all week about only choosing two cookies on Sunday, and that's good enough. Then, Sunday rolls around, and it does feel exactly like that inside me. Chaotic! I walk up to the table and see all those snacks, and reason is just gone out the window. I can't even think straight. That's the second aha moment this week. I've got to mull this over. Thank you for posting your thoughts. Your words let a whole new dimension to my thought process here. Cheryl wrote an entire post around this comment that I recommend you go read on her blog, Wellsprings and Dragonfly Wings, and it's called A Dragon Named Chaos. And that got me to really think about that. Chaos, chaotic. Doesn't that bring up images inside you when you hear that word, chaos? That perfectly describes the emotional state that I get in when the robot aliens are circling overhead and threatening to beam down into my body. And chaos is what I see in my guest bedroom. And chaos is in my closet, just like Sandy's closet. Chaos is all the buried crap and stuff and junk that I don't want to deal with, look at, feel, or take care of. You know... I think chaos is at the root of feeling overwhelmed. You know, like if I tell myself, I'm just going to wash my kitchen sink. That's one of the tips from Fly Lady. I think I'm only going to clean my sink. 
Well, I don't feel chaos. I don't feel overwhelmed by that. I'll just go over. It'll take me like two minutes to wash my kitchen sink. But let's say my whole kitchen is piled with dishes that I've been putting off cleaning because my husband and I are having that silent war where you each wait to see if the other one's going to step up to the plate and you're giving each other that, you know, chicken stance. I'll just see how long we can have filthy, disgusting dishes sitting on the counter until one of you breaks. And actually, Mark is pretty good at that game because chances are pretty darn good it's going to be me. Well, that's really not fair to Mark, and I'm getting off the topic again. And it got a little too windy to record, so we're going back to the kitchen, where last we left off, there was a pile of dishes all over. When every dish in the place is dirty, and the things are crusted on there, and it's going to be a big job where you have to like soak the dishes and scrape the dishes and put the dishes in the dishwasher if you're lucky enough to have one of those or you're going to have to clean them and wash them. That can be a big job. So if I walk into my kitchen and I'm facing that, chances are good. I'm going to take a detour away from the sink and head either to the chip cupboard or do a U-turn to the TV area or go find myself suddenly compelled to go look to see if I have any mail or some other thing that isn't as threatening as the idea of having to tackle that huge plate of dishes. And I think we do that. We put off our troubles, procrastinate, whatever you want to call it, whether it's emotional chaos or physical chaos in our house. I think we put stuff off and we let our problem grow into a huge tangle that's going to take a huge big project to get it all the way done. And there is the root, my friends. There is the root of our procrastination is we feel in our perfectionistic compulsive brains that we must indeed get it all the way done. Spick and span, shiny, perfect, Replace the cracked plate with a new plate. Where's the coupon to go to the store? I don't want to spend full price, you know, on and on. One little tangle in that knitting of a job thought unravels all the way down and on and on and on until the smallest of projects can become this huge endeavor in order to get this in our minds all the way done. Well, it's easier to shut the door on chaos and go have some chips than it is to carry out this grand plan of perfection and getting this all the way done. So, brave companions, what are your thoughts on this? What are your antidotes? Mine are, remember the sink, start there. If your kitchen is full, you might start first by finding any trash that's around and throwing out the trash and do just that. Then go sit down. You know that maybe the next day you come in and you rinse the plates or put some in to soak and you break it down. For me, that's the only way I can tackle it. And you know, that's very sensible. In our work life, a lot of times we have big projects and we have to break it down into action steps. And that's how we accomplish things. It's very hard in a career to just do some huge project all of the time. We have to, since we're dealing with other people in our work life, to break it down into smaller chunks. And if we could do that in our own life, that would be easier. But I tell you, it is really, really tough for me to 
break things down because I am so perfectionistic and I don't feel comfortable. I mean, literally, I feel anxiety and uncomfortable until my project is all the way done perfectly. That's why I leave these little hiccups of my speech in the podcast because I could spend 20 hours editing this podcast trying to make sure you don't hear me swallow, trying to make sure you don't hear the wind, trying to make sure that if I stutter or use wrong grammar that I could re-record and re-record and re-record to death. It would be so we would be on episode 2, not episode 39. The only way I'm able to do compulsive overeating diary as much as I do is I've had to, quote, Josh, let go. And I think the chaos that's underneath our lives is a lot about that. Feeling that we must get to the root of everything before we start making progress. Feeling like we must open the closet door and drag out every piece of clothing and junk into the middle of the room when maybe that's too much to deal with. It's really tough, brave companions, but if I look through my own life, I see this thread that has impacted me everywhere. Do I enjoy a clean home? Yes, I do. Would I like for it to be that anyone could knock on my door at any time and you could come in and feel comfortable and not see clutter? Yes, I do. But it's hard for me to get over that feeling that if I start cleaning, I have to clean every room, every surface, everything until it's perfect. And my house is big enough that even if I were to do that, I cannot get my house perfect at all one time because by the time I'm done with the last room, the first room needs cleaning again. So that's exhausting to me. And I think with my weight, it's the same thing. When I put myself on a restrictive eating plan or say I can only eat this many calories or it's not perfect, whenever I hold myself to any standard of perfection, it's too hard. I sabotage myself in order to stop having to do it. Get that? I sabotage myself to be kind to myself. I sabotage myself so I don't have to be perfect on this huge endeavor like losing weight. But when I give up perfection and give myself slack and I say, oh, well, I'm just going to do the best I can. My compulsive mind does not try to sabotage me because I don't feel so stressed. It's okay with me if I eat some chips right now for lunch. It's okay with me if I have a piece of cake at someone's birthday. It's okay with me if I eat anything in the world that I want to eat. Anything. As long as I love it. I just don't want to put okay food in my mouth and on my body. So in my day-to-day life, that's how I've been managing. And I noticed that I've been craving more healthy alternatives. I used to have an ice cream bar every day after my nachos. And I decided finally, I'm kind of tired of eating ice cream every day after nachos. I believe that, I swear. I told my husband, please go get me some organic strawberries at the store because I actually got hungry for fruit. 
So I've been having fruit with my nachos. And that was something that my body asked me for. I'm not bullshitting you. I didn't think it's time for me to be better and quit eating crappy ice cream bars and being a bad example. Because frankly, I can't be an example to you. I can only deal with me. I can tell you what happens with me. And if it rings a chord in you, like the word chaotic rang for Cheryl in Sandy's post, that's helpful, that's good. But for me, it really makes a difference to not deny myself anything. And it really makes a difference if somehow I can give myself permission not to have to be perfect, not to get the job all the way done. So brave companions, until next time, take care because I really care. A slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. I'm letting